0: The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their Healthy Kitchen Oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Wirth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Allie McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning in to today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Reel. In today's episode of The Real Food Reel, we are joined by Kirsty Wirth from Cultured Wellness to explore how the gut can influence both your performance and recovery. You will learn the symptoms of poor gut health and the easiest ways to deal with them, why sculling kombucha is not the answer, how to get the most out of the quality food you are purchasing and preparing, and why gut health should actually be your number one priority as an athlete. Hello, Kirsty. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Really excited to chat with you all things gut health. So I think you know, it's really important for us to set the scene first to talk about you know, why gut health is so important. So let's, you know, let's explore that together. Tell me a couple of your, um, your top reasons why gut health is so important. Yeah, look, the biggest one is that whatever you put in your mouth, you want to absorb that and gain all the beautiful nutrients from it. So gut health to me is vital because it is really the seat of our whole sort of, you know, our life, it's the seat of everything, but it helps us absorb our nutrients, it helps with our immune response, it helps, you know, for you guys with your performance and how well you can go with, you know, all your goals and what you want to do, and it just enables us to function at that optimum level. And gut health is just linked to every different aspect of the body, so that's why I'm so interested in it. And while I think everyone should allocate a little bit of time in their day to gut health. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And we say, you know, you are what you eat, but you are what you can absorb. And this is a huge issue for a lot of people. Like, you know, we use the term dysbiosis, which is simply put that imbalance in that internal ecosystem where the gut bacteria that usually the beneficial gut bacteria aren't able to thrive. And, and they're the guys that break down our food, right? So they control what we can actually access from the food that we do eat. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't have that beautiful rainforest or ecosystem that's in your gut microbiome doing all of its little jobs, so having all those workers doing what they need to do, then we do have this dysbiosis of suddenly we can't absorb protein, so we can't build muscle. Suddenly we can't absorb our beautiful, you know, carbohydrates from our plants and from our vegetables and then we can't get all that beautiful, you know, glycogen into our muscles and we can't absorb the protein for our um, amino acids so we can have these great moods to be able to get out and do everything that we need to do. So if um, the balance isn't right and we've got infections and we're not addressing those, then, uh, yeah, you you just hit a glass ceiling all the time in everything that you want to do. So it, it is, for some people, it's that big revelation, oh, my gosh, you know, I dealt with my gut, and then suddenly all these other things started to fall into place. Yeah, I totally agree. And the reverse is that for a lot of people is they're addressing so many other boxes, right? So they're probably already experimenting with JIRF, our just eat real food mantra. They might have a coach, they're, you know, they're nailing all their sessions. Hopefully they're aware of the importance of, you know, sleep for recovery and ongoing performance, but rarely have they dived deep into their gut health. So it is a huge missing piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. And I think up until even probably in the last two years, you know, it's not something that we've known much about. There's a lot more research on it now. There's a lot more understanding about it. And so it, yeah, it's come up on people's radars. Okay. Maybe I have to look at it, but um, you can't sleep if your gut doesn't work because you make your hormones to sleep from your gut and you can't recover and you can't do all the things that you need to do. So we need to flip it around, you know, and, you know, having amazing people like yourself to teach people, let's flip it around. Let's go gut first and then branch off like this beautiful tree of all of these things that, you know, everyone is working on. Mm-hmm. So it's, um yeah, it is just vital to bring it back down to understanding your gut and, and questioning and being okay to say, look, something's not right. i am I've got bloating and I've got diarrhea or I've got constipation or I don't have regular bowel movements and being okay to talk about that and, um, you know, investigating that further, So, which is an, a new conversation that also hasn't been out in the sphere as much. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a huge part of it. You know, it's not, it's not anything even I was learnt, you know, at university, which is quite tragic really when we think about the oh. significance of it all um but the positive thing is that is now it's so vogue which is really cool because yeah. we're getting conversation into the households yeah absolutely yeah, yeah cool so just for context i wanted to talk just a little bit more about the the gut bacteria because that's obviously the foundation of us essentially like i'm not sure of the current stats but i've read somewhere between you know 90 and 99% bacteria so we're just the human host right yeah, so we are. We're literally, um, you know, some research says 70% and some says 90%. Look, in the end, what we know is that we are mainly bugs, we're mainly bacteria, and we are about 10 to 30% DNA. So, once again, we need to flip our understanding about that. So, our bacteria talks to our DNA and activates our DNA and makes us who we are rather than what we thought before is that our DNA is everything and whatever comes down is what we've got. Mm. We now know it's the complete opposite. So mm. if we don't love those bugs and if we don't understand them and nurture them and feed them and grow them just like a beautiful plant, mm. then our DNA is not going to um, you know, express itself how we want it to express itself and it can cause a lot of troubles and then you find yourself in this, oh, well, I've got diabetes in the family, so that's just what's meant to be for me. Mm. We know now that's not the case. And so, um, yeah, understanding we are one big microbial community and yeah. how we interact with the environment and other people and our food, um, it's just really exciting. It is a bit mind-blowing to get your head around it. I can <laughs> completely understand it sounds a bit sci-fi, but once you get there and you're like, is this going to love my bugs, what I'm doing right now? um that you know it's a great place to be yeah it's mind-blowing you're right like but i love that because of course (laughs) it cuts back to all right that's in in context then like how can i not be looking at this area of health and obviously everybody should be looking at their gut health but for you know our athletes out there as i mentioned it's 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 got to be a number one priority yeah what do you think though you know if it's so important and seeing as we are this this huge microbial community why doesn't it sort of sort itself out why is gut health not self regulated yeah so traditionally it would have been and it has been but unfortunately we don't we live in a very different environment now so our gut health is this wonderful ecosystem, but it is really delicate and it can be disrupted so easily. So it can be disrupted by modern medicine, so not just antibiotics, which most of us know is not good for our gut now, but anything from, you know, antidepressants to antibiotics to anti-inflammatories to Panadol, you name it, the plethora of modern medicine that's out there, Is going to destroy our gut bacteria we know that just basic things like water toxicity in the air the environment we you know what we put on our skin you know athletes who are still having those gel things like there's all these different um onslaughts that are coming from our gut and so it's um it just doesn't have an opportunity anymore to self-regulate you know our gut sheds and changes and it's trying its hardest To rebalance, but if we're constantly putting this onslaught of our modern environment onto it, it just can't. It just doesn't have the rest to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, our modern lifestyle is really destroying our ecosystems that has, has held us up for generations and generations. Yeah, definitely. Again, quite tragic. You know, we know our ancestors at some point in time definitely, you know, weren't eating anything out of a box and they weren't running around sucking on the the sports gels that are pure sugar. Um, And, you know, we've obviously got this food pyramid with lots of refined carbohydrates, you know, refined sugars tying gluten we've got refined seed oils and trans fats everywhere so again like it's just so so much more work for our gut to tolerate And as you said it's quite delicate so it's just not going to thrive mm. with the ons- onslaught of those inflammatory foods yeah and coming back to the what does that gut do and it really does Absorb your nutrients, makes your neurotransmitters, supports your immune system. It is the workhorse of your body, and so if we're just throwing stuff at it all the time, then your body can't work. It can't effectively grow. So, and it can't do what you need it to do. It's like you know, flogging a dead horse, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, you know, the respect needs to go to the well, the whole body, but respect needs to go to the gut. I mean. you know, I find it fascinating, you know, there's tribes in Mexico, for example, you know, they're, you know, those tribes that run, that's what they do. And they run in bare feet and they run and go for days without eating. Mm -hmm. And like, talk about fat adapted athletes, like those dudes are at like the absolute epitome of it. And they didn't have gels and they didn't do this and do that. They used, you know, what, you know, you're such a big proponent of stuff, like, you know, real foods and Mm in working within the synergies of your body and understanding the mechanics of your body and when to rest and when to sleep and when to listen to your body. And, um, you know, we've kind of got a little bit lost in listening to our bodies and we, you know, when you go back to looking at your gut as the foundation, you go back to listening to your body and it's pretty cool. I don't know if we're gonna all go back to running in the cliffs of Mexico and bare feet, but we can certainly get back to what we're capable of uh, capable of as, you know, beautiful humans. Yeah, definitely. I love that concept because we've definitely gone the other way and unfortunately learnt the hard way, but I <laughs> think we're coming back around now and the if we just look at that sports nutrition world, like all of the products are these hugely inflammatory foods. So mm. not only do they kill the good or the beneficial gut bacteria, they're going to create this environment, this perfect storm for pathogenic bacteria to thrive. Yeah. And then you get things like, you know, lactic acid building up, mm. which is, you know, for your athletes would be something that's happening all the time. And if you take a heap of anti-inflammatories and modern medicine, you are creating that storm for infections to come into the small intestine. And when those infections are in there, they release lactic acid as part of their bright byproduct. Then you're going out for a huge training session, creating your own lactic acid. And then you've just got this enormous amount of lactic acid and you cannot clear it effectively for your next training session and so you know generally an athlete would have their training session they'd recover they'd clear that lactic acid beautifully and then off they go to the next session but if you've got that small intestinal infection going on there it's just constantly pumping out lactic acid no matter what's going on whether you're sleeping whether you're eating whether you're working so it's just this big, big sort of, um, you know, a bucket of infection that you're constantly dealing with. So you you'll never reach your peak performance if you're fighting that all the time. Yeah, and I bet you a lot of people hadn't considered the fact that there might be bacteria that are producing lactic acid. So it's obviously not just coming from that high-intensity session. You've got likely, it's likely that you've got so much more to deal with that just exceeds your natural capability yeah absolutely and that 's the cool thing you know now, yes, I love um you know traditions and I love all the tribes teaching us those lessons, but now we 've got you know awesome testing that you can get done through you guys to look at why am I hitting this ceiling with lactic acid all the time let 's go and investigate further and through you guys, you can get the most awesome testing to find out okay, is there something in there that is constantly producing this that I 'm fighting up against, and let's investigate let 's get some. Test, let's get some data so we can keep going with that. Yeah, for sure. And you and I have had this conversation before. I think you said that you've seen like maybe one good still test. I haven't seen any, which is really sad. I've just seen like, and you know, one of, one of the overgrowths that I see far too much of is, is streptococcus, and I'm just seeing these huge volumes um, to go back to what you mentioned before about sleeping. So you know, we often see that inverse relationship with strep and our E. coli. So if our E. coli is on the floor, we're not producing melatonin, so we can't sleep, so we can't recover, so we can't perform. And it's this really vicious cycle. Yeah, and then you have a great training session, which is, you know, it used to happen to me all the time. You'd have this awesome training session. you are kicking goals and like, yeah, I'm the best ever, and then you just can't train for another three days because you feel so sore and so tired and you're up against all this lactic acid because that infection has just flared up and it's you know it's completely releasing all these metabolites that you're fighting against and so it's just this constant uphill battle which doesn't need to be there and it I just don't think people know about this stuff enough like I didn't you know I didn't know about it at all and it's it just the message needs to be out there more that we don't need to be hitting these brick walls all the time it's not oh I can't do it I'm not good enough I'm not training hard enough I'm not you know it's maybe it's just not for me that it's just not the case it's just knowing all the little components and gut health is obviously the key component there yeah which you're right is not where people are looking because often if you're not getting results the athlete they they do more. They train more. They just go harder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then you have. And then let's go to inflammation. there, Steph, because you know, if you go harder, you go. You get more inflamed. Mm. And when you're more inflamed, then these infections thrive even more. And then you get more lactic acid. So another big vicious cycle. So um, yeah, we've got to sort of look at look at that. Don't go harder. Look, go get smarter. Yeah. You know, look, look deeper yeah a hundred percent and you just reminded me of like a stress conversation which is another reason why our gut health is not regulating itself so we, we obviously spoke about the world that we live in and how that differs to our ancestors and you know stress is a huge part of the modern world like it's not the same in terms of what we've got to do, you know, with our to-do list and, you know, yeah. being an athlete and having all those balls in the air that, you know, we're juggling, juggling constantly. Um, but then there's obviously stresses from the environment that we live in as well with toxins, like you mentioned, with the water and also our food. Lots of yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. and And cortisol. So obviously, you know, and, and adrenaline from stress. Literally physically changes our body. So, obviously, we feel jittery, we start sweating. There's all, you know, we we know all of those sorts of things that happen when we get stressed and we're wired and we can't think straight. But what it does to your gut is just so damaging. It changes the pH of your gut. So, you know, then we see all of the wrong bacteria growing and surviving, and it will basically, you know, sort of kill off our beneficial bacteria when the pH is wrong and all these pathogens come back up again. So we see, you know, obviously the, the wrong types of sugars in the body and um, we can't digest our food at all when we're stressed. Mm. In fact, it's better to not eat if you're stressed than eat because you have undigested food in there and it's feeding these infections and feeding these pathogens. So, and I mean, we can talk about excited stress as well as, Detrimental stress, like you know we've talked about this before, even now, when I go out for dinner, I still have to sometimes take digestive enzymes because I get so excited about the person I 'm talking with that I get all sort of revved up and I know I'm not you know thinking about what I 'm doing and how I'm eating and digesting my food um, you know and just excitement from seeing an awesome movie or hanging out with people, we get a lot more of that excitement and feedback and stress now and we can't digest and certainly if we're on the bike and we're eating something whilst we're training we're not going to be digesting that too thinking about all those components yeah definitely and then there's the that the role of the sympathetic nervous system in that state when we're when we're a bit excited or when we're stressed, like obviously, then we're not going to be digesting our food as you mentioned. And I think about this a lot in the post-training environment. You know, we walk this tightrope between finishing training, and for a lot of athletes, they've been told that they have to eat immediately, and there's you know quite a significant impact there because you're still so sympathetically dominant. You haven't yeah. yet switched over into that. Parasympathetic state, and you're shoving food down your gob, and like it's it's disastrous for a lot of people. They just they get the symptoms, like it's probably bloating, or you know, more common digestive symptoms, which are obvious to the person that it's happening to. But mm-hmm. at that deeper level, they're just not able to get the nutrients, so they're not able to get those recovery building blocks. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, just learning all those really cool tools, like, you know, just even sitting there and doing your, your, you know, very calm, deep breathing and focusing on the digestion, focusing on what nutrients you want to get out of that food. Because I know that you talked, you know, a lot about there, there is that window between when you finish and extrapolating that nutrients. And, you know, if you're spending a fortune on organic food and you go out and you, you know, sit down to this amazing meal, if you're not absorbing it, you might as well have not bought it really. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to, you know, go into your muscles and recover and bring down that, you know, inflammatory response that may have kicked up during your training session depending on how big your training session was. So, yeah, it's just vital to think about all those things. And tweaking them is such a small part of the, um, you know, what you get out of it. Yeah. You know, it's big. It's big. So yeah. a big return on investment. I was like, "What is that word?" <laughs> <laughs> but but it's all connected, right? I, I, I again think about all right, the tightrope. We've got this window where we want to refuel, but you know that should really only be like the number one goal if it's a super high intensity session. So mm-hmm. training properly—that's actually not happening that often. We talk about it as being about twenty percent of what you do. So then there might be one or two sessions a week where it is, yep, let's do some some diaphragmatic breathing or some legs up the wall before you eat and it's probably going to be about an hour later. So you've given yourself the opportunity to switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic state and, and you know, teach your body to yes. optimise that nutrient absorption. But the bulk of the time, the 80% of the time is when you're, fat burning, when you're a fat adapted athlete, you're not in a rush to eat. So you can actually then be far more intuitive and, and you'll know when you're ready to digest, especially the more mm. attention that you pay. And it's not a rush and it's not as another stressor and it's not the yeah. that you have to carry with you because you're not going home to cook a nice omelette with avocado. You know, it is, yeah. it's all connected, right? All connected. And when you are fat adapted, you're not literally like crawling home on your hands and knees like, I've got to eat, I'm going to die. Um, you, you do just seem to have these stores and this resilience too get yourself home make a beautiful meal you're cognitively really aware to make those great steps and make those right choices because you're utilizing your internal resources whereas when you're you know when you're using so much glucose you've just run out and you can't make the right choices of what to eat you're just p- picking anything that you can see trying to top the brain up and trying to keep everything going and I remember finishing netball games and like, where are the snakes? Where are the pythons? You know, it's <laughs> just terrible. I an hour, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, like an hour's netball game, and it's like, oh my god, you know. Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, when you have got adapted, it's like, right, I'm in my routine, everything's fine. I've got all the resources I need, and it's just so freeing. It's so freeing to be able to do that and keep managing and not like grapple at everything because you just shattered all the time it's it's huge absolutely huge and that's that's a really good point because that's a signal that you get like your body you know people always say to me like how do I know if I'm fat adapted I'm like right let's talk about how you know like one of the the one of the key things is how you feel after training and if you aren't absolutely ready to inhale food as you walk in the door or if you could do your stretches and you know, your yeah. legs up the wall so you can actually digest your food, and that won't happen if you've already hit the wall because of yeah. your metabolic profile, where you're a sugar burner and you've burned all your sugar, and all you've got left is you know putting more food back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> I love it so much. I, I just think it's such an exciting, freeing thing to be able to just get out and do the cool stuff that that you love doing whatever that is being you know the athlete that you are whether whether it be triathlons or bushwalking or whatever it is in between it's it's really freeing yeah life-changing really and then if we look at that dysbiosis environment like if you've got when you have that imbalance like i think of it being just this huge stress for the body and what does stress do stress is high cortisol which is high insulin which is like switching off your fat burning. So, you know, we talk about stress as being a huge barrier to becoming fat adapted, but it's going to ultimately come back to the state of your gut. Yeah. So the reality is if you are, um, you know, trying everything and you've still got that, you know, Imbalance. you've still got that infection, you've still got that problem going on, mm. it's just always going to sit there. It's always going to bubble to the surface and you're always going to be, you know, hard up against it. So it just it just has to be sorted out and, it, it you know, you need to address it. it, needs to be fixed. Yeah. But it's more than just kombucha, right? I wanted to speak to this because I see kombucha see <laughs> <laughs> see kombucha. You start show. me still. Oh, no. You're allowed to a bit of a rant, but I see, oh, I go into the, I don't actually go to Coles very often, but they sell, um, they sell a hummus that I like. Right. So I go in there yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I see all the kombucha on the shelf and I think how many people are now drinking this like soft drink and what the hell are they doing to their gut? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, so, you know, we're an ecosystem and it's, it's like a rainforest and kombucha is awesome in a little amount yeah. because it's a yeast. And our body only, it needs a little bit of yeast. It actually helps with heavy metals and all sorts of cool stuff. But, you know, like a rainforest, if you went in there with, like, you know, a huge amount of one particular type of um, nutrient, you know, if you put a heap of nitrogen or a heap of something into that environment, then everything else is going to get out of balance and grapple and try and get that balance back again. And it's the same with kombucha. You, You know, you need a little bit. But along with that, you need a little bit of everything else, mm. and then it, it does just become your daily life, and you learn amazing you know things about okay, so I have a little bit of bone broth here and a little bit of sauerkraut here, and I have a little bit of um you know slow cooked food here, and you pat out your day and then suddenly you've created that diversity just mm. because that's your routine in the day, a bit like your training routine It's your food routine as well, but yeah i, I <laughs> You use the word it's in vogue and so these these things are in vogue but um we seem to have a tendency to when something's in vogue just to just do that and nothing else and forget about everything else we've learned so balance is the beauty it's absolutely where it needs to be but some people have only heard of kombucha Mm. so that's what you've done and you're making the right choices because you're trying to help yourself but that's why I have people like you, Steph, because they can work out what are all the other components that we need to put together. To yeah. Get I feel like I spend most of my time bringing people back into balance. Like they're either out here and they're out here. So it's like it's it's black and it's white, it's yin and it's yang, but we know yeah. like the beauty is in that middle, right? And, you know, bless the athletes. We love them, but there are a lot of really A-type people. So you know, I don't want you guys to to learn about gut health and then something like, oh, my God, let me go to town and then all about gradual, especially when you're starting and exactly what like diversity is king. Yeah, diversity, you know, not stabbing around in the dark, you know, Mm -hmm. know, getting the right um, support and the right help and the right testing and, um, yeah, and just knowing that your body knows what to do if you give it the right tools. It knows how to behave. Yeah, and also if you pay attention. So what would be a a sign of, say, overdoing kombucha? I know it might be quite broad, but to help someone that might be thinking, okay, am I drinking too much kombucha? How do I know? Yeah, okay. So you would definitely get those classic signs of bloating, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, diarrhoea. Some people break out in rashes. So they're the really obvious ones. Some of the um, not-so-obvious ones is the brain fog can kick in. Uh, you can get memory issues, so just that you know memory recall, really exhausted and tired in the morning, so that real morning fatigue and almost a bit um, hyper in the afternoon and the evening. Um, and so sometimes you can start a new fermented food and not piece it together if it's not literally I ate that and my stomach is blown out like a balloon and now I need to go to the toilet and, you know, have horrible diarrhoea. So, you know, often it is the cognitive stuff or it is the um, the moods or for some people, unfortunately, it goes right through to anxiety, mm. um, an onset of quite extreme depression that's just come out of nowhere. Um, so we need to really kind of see the importance of it it can go right through to pain moods um rashes like you know how how you sort of cognitively think of things it's the whole onslaught and for some people it's big and other people it just builds up and suddenly it's like oh wow i'm anxious how did that happen yeah and i think this can be where it's a little bit confusing because it is so systemic but if we go back to the significance of gut health we know all disease starts in the gut so too does all health so you know it is going to be potentially systemic so like you said it's not as obvious as bloating like we always link bloating you know to, to a food or to a beverage but to think about like maybe doing like a bit of a stock take. I always say like a bit of a health stock take and then when you add in a little bit of kombucha or maybe you start looking um, at a different range of ferments that you just pay attention to things like your memory but also your bowel movements and your sleep and your recovery from exercise because you've got to be able to piece it backwards and, and put it all together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and also being empowered and feeling like, well, no, I'm not going to put up with that. Yeah. That doesn't actually have to be the case for me. Mm. Um, it's fine. I need to go and investigate why this is happening. So I I've, I see just constantly this big pattern of everyone, oh, well, you know, I'm 40 now. I suppose that's to be expected. My mum had that and it's yeah. like, no, actually, it's not to be expected. You are only 40. <laughs> let's, go, let's go and have a look, you know. So, um, yeah, I think we put up with a lot now, far more than we should mm. and there's really simple glances out there and simple strategies and simple things that we can change and suddenly you're not putting up with things that have been hanging around in your world for sometimes years, like 10, 20 years. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I've had migraines for 20 years. What? You know <laughs> why? What's going on there? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's about taking your health into your own hands. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about um inflammation just one more time because it's like one of my favorite topics to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I think one of the missing pieces for some athletes is thinking about the impact of inflammation in relation to chronic injuries and mm. definitely their athletic longevity. You know, we, yeah. we love to bushwalk or we love to play soccer. We certainly love triathlons. And so hopefully we want to do it forever, right? Mm. But we need mm. to make sure we're managing inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our gut has a huge part to play in inflammation and the role of inflammation in the body. So from our gut we literally release, you know, these cells, these cytokines, these interleukins, and they have a big part to play in downregulating that inflammation. So if we don't have the certain bacteria within our gut that helps to release those cells and release and support our body with that inflammation, then we cannot manage it internally on our own. Now we can do things like bone broth and turmeric and and an anti-inflammatory diet. We can do, you know, fish oils and all of those cool things to bring down that inflammation, get out in the sun, vitamin D, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the mechanics internally to down-regulate that inflammation, you're always going to be fighting, you know, a, a losing battle. So once again, you've got to look internally at what's going on there plus topping up with those other extra bits that we can do. There's yeah. also, yeah, like then there's also some people are more prone genetically to um, struggle more with inflammation mm. and that's fine. You can, you know you know, see you guys and get some more sort of individual testing done, some genetic testing to see do I have some issues with inflammation? And if I do, you know, we know cool stuff now about how to flip those genes, <laughs> use little bits and pieces to enable our bodies to switch on that ability to b- reduce that inflammation and a few little tweaks here and a few little tweaks there and and off you go again. But the role of what our beautiful gut bacteria do in supporting us to down-regulate that inflammation. It, it, inflammation is huge. Mm. and So we've really got to consider that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're experiencing those chronic injuries, like, of course, you've got your support team and, you know, maybe it's a physio or a chiro that you're seeing, but you've got to go deeper than that. You've got to look at the food that you're eating and you, and, and explore removing those inflammatory triggers but of course you've got to look at what your body's doing and and how you can improve that by balancing out and supporting that internal ecosystem too many athletes i think retire early from chronic injuries and or burnout. yeah which i think most can be avoided and it breaks my heart to see people retiring from running in their 30s and 40s because they weren't told what's in their control and what they need to do to improve their current situation yeah yeah and it's sad because that's the talk I mean I, I get it you know amongst my netball girls like oh you know maybe we should give up netball don't aren't you getting sore don't you wake up the next day and you're sore and I'm like no but I do go home and I have my bone broth and I have my you know my turmeric and all these bits and pieces because my body's been battered a fair bit over the years and and so it's also surrounding yourself in a beautiful community like yours, Steph. that 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 conversation is about no let's just keep going let's just keep doing what we feel comfortable with because we know we can bring that inflammation down so it's um it's also changing the conversation which i think is very important i mean You know, my my dad's still riding very long distances at 72 because his conversation in his head is, why stop? You know, I feel good. I have my bone broth. I'm off. Off I go. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you very much. It's all about athletic longevity at at the end of the day. Like we're allowed to have these performance goals. Go and get on the podium as much as you like. I'm very much in support of that. But I want you to be on the podium when you're like seventy-two. Like that—that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just amazing. Yeah, totally. I'm hoping totally. to be on the podium when I'm seventy-two because it makes <laughs> my only opportunity. But if I can, oh no, nah, it's it's it, yeah. I want to play netball with my daughter on the same team. Like all these, all these 100%. Yeah. big goals. And if you just keep at it and mm. keep loving your body instead of trashing it, it will give back to you. Yeah, for sure. And it's all about optimising your metabolism, for sure. So we want you to be burning fat so you're looking at your ecosystem. But I definitely think next in line is exploring what's going on in your gut health. So we do that through a bio screen, a fecal microbial analysis um, and work with a practitioner to have that analysed and put together a really intelligent protocol to optimise your gut health. Um and yeah, I love that you mentioned some DNA testing as well, because we know that you know the the environment pulls the trigger on any genetic potential, so knowing that potential is really powerful so that you can create the beautiful environment around that so that you control what your genetics then like deliver essentially yeah yeah mm. yeah and and that's a that is a shift mm. it is a shift to know that you are in control mm. and you, you you sort of you can make the choices and it's it's up to you but once you make that shift it's, it's just amazing yeah it's so exciting life-changing I know we've just touched the surface today, but I really wanted to plant some seeds and get everyone thinking about their gut health. And if you're not drinking your bone broth after exercise, <laughs> then I think you can definitely start there. That's like our number one um, athlete, you know, recovery beverage. Um, yeah. But I you know, hope that's been really educational. And Kirstie, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thanks for having me, Steph. It's always great to chat. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love.